Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we start today's episode, I'm excited to announce that Coin Corner have decided to continue their sponsorship of this podcast. If you haven't heard me talk about Coin Corner before, I spoke about them a lot during season four of Behind the Glass. They essentially make the world of buying and trading Bitcoin and cryptocurrency easier than ever. I'm sure lots of you have heard about Bitcoin in the news. Maybe you have friends who are constantly talking about it, or maybe you yourself as someone who buys and trades Bitcoin. Well, head over to coincorner.com forward slash STG, because whether you're any of those people, I guarantee you'll find more information and an easier way to trade cryptocurrencies than ever before using Coin Corner. When you use that link, coincorner.com forward slash STG, or my code STG when you sign up, you'll get some free SAT, which is a very small unit of a Bitcoin. Bitcoin's value now is very high, and so therefore actually buying one whole Bitcoin fairly expensive. So you can trade SAT, smaller increments of a Bitcoin. And yes, you'll get those free when you use that link, coincorner.com forward slash STG or my code STG when you sign up. I realize cryptocurrency is still a controversial subject. So if you want to find out more, if you want to learn more, and if you want to get trading, head over once more to Coin Corner. Thank you to them for being back and sponsoring the episode. Let's crack on. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony if people want to support this podcast what should they do watch it no. <laughs> but also head to patreon you can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the episode for the first time in a very long time we we did start this podcast five minutes ago and i hadn't hit record that hasn't happened in a long time tony but it does happen and for <laughs> someone so professional as you i mean <laughs> Can I just make sure next time? Because I wouldn't mess that up. <laughs> it's, it's like a constant joke that Tony has that whenever we start the podcast, he's like, are you definitely recording? Are you sure you're recording? And I'm like, it doesn't happen that often. Like, stop giving me a hard time. It's just happened. It just happened. <laughs> and, and as well, it does happen more than you think. To it does, yeah. And, and as well, we're lucky we're only five minutes in because normally we get right the way to the end and he says, ah, 
we do like a 50 minute episode. I go, I didn't recall. <laughs> all again. I'm going to blame it on the fact that we're, we're not in our usual situation, our usual setting. No. We're on our road trip. Yes. It threw me off. Mm. If you missed the last episode last week, you're joining Tony and I on our first big European road trip together. We're definitely pre, well, since COVID happened, but in about four years. Yeah. So it's very exciting, but it does mean that, yeah, we're a bit all over the place. Um, last week we recorded in the, in the living room, the television room of this Airbnb. A few people didn't like that. So we've moved out here to the indoor terrace. Where our view is beautiful. Bro. Our view is amazing. I, I don't think I've set up the camera that well for you to be able to enjoy the view. Um, but the sea is just there. Yeah. We uh, wish you were in. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like people are still going to be in. This is still a very awful backdrop. But we're doing the best we can. We're determined yeah. to still bring episodes of this podcast to you. Of course, we're not in our usual studio settings. But we're just, we're doing what we can, right? Yes. Yeah. You know. We are, you know, it's a pleasure to see you all. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Um, we have banned Paul Wallace from this week's episode. We're a little bit fed up with him. Um, but, but as Tony will quickly point out, uh, it's, he wouldn't be awake at this point. It's 4 p.m. He's asleep. Yeah, he doesn't wake up till about 5.30. And he so. did actually, I think he lied to us earlier, mate, to be honest. So we all, me and Sam went out for a drive earlier. And Paul said, oh, okay, cool, I'm not coming for a drive, I'm going to go for a run. I've got to do some exercise. I've got to do some exercise, yeah, because all he's eaten all week is burgers and pizzas, basically. So, anyway, he, we went for a drive, he went for a run, he, he says. At lunchtime, we saw him in the same clothes. Doesn't look like he'd been for a run at all, did it? No, he looked like one of those women in California who were like, I think it's called sports lucks. They're always going to yoga and they're getting a smoothie, but I don't think they ever do any exercise. Or a coffee, but Paul Wallace doesn't drink coffee, yeah. so he hasn't been for a coffee. He hasn't done anything. He's just been sort of walking around in this athletic attire. <laughs> I've been working out in the morning. Sure, okay, fine. Well, well meanwhile, we were enjoying Colder Torini mm. and beautiful Alps roads. It was good morning. We went out it? for a lovely drive this a morning. Lovely drive we? this morning. I didn't even take my camera, so sorry for those fans of the main channel. But sometimes it's nice just to enjoy the drive and of not course. be trying to capture it because filming fast road driving quite difficult to do. I, I think impossible, mate. Top you Gear had a crew of thirty-five people, of course, and two days to shoot that road and film it more than once. Exactly, two yeah. days. You know, they're going up and down and up. Yeah, and they've got yeah, stunt yeah. crews and everything, and yeah. and so yeah, just with a few GoPros doesn't always quite work out. But actually, I'm doing a video next week talking more about how to film car videos, and especially on road trips, how to film a road trip, because I'm thinking lots of people are going to be heading out on road trips now, they're in and around the UK or anywhere around the world. So I want to give some tips and advice of the best, best well done, you know, mate. tips and That's practices. Good. Oh, well, we'll see him get yeah. 5k views. Uh, um, anyway, <laughs> we have a little bit of car news to catch up on. There's not been a ton happening. We've got a little bit of car news to catch up on. And then the main topic for today is actually a continuation of basically an argument we were having at lunch. Oh, no. <laughs> um, because Monaco is popping off. It's all I'll say. Like, it's October. We arrived sort of middle of the week. And on the very first night we got here, we followed a Pagani Huayra through the streets of Monaco. And since then, we've seen SF90s and a Monza and a lot of Ferraris, actually. Um, but, you know, just uh, SVJs, loads of cars. Mm. And it sparked this sort of semi-debate of, firstly, which cars are good and which are not, which is what I want to continue. But also, you said something, which was, you thought you realised that whilst you like cars... Paul likes to film cars. I'm probably the car, no, the, the real car lover. I, I, I would say out of us three, you're the, you're the nerd. You're I'm the, the nerd. Yeah, you're the real, you're, you're a real, real car guy. I do like cars. 
um, and I like to drive them, but I don't think I'm as enthusiastic as you. So sure. we're three car guys, three petrol heads. Yeah. But which one is the true petrol head? Or what does it mean to be a true petrol head? That's what we're going to be revisiting. I'll let you think with it for now, because as I say, we've got some car news to touch on. So let's kick things off with the most unsurprising news of the year. Geneva cancelled for a third year Again. in a row. No Geneva 2022. Oh. Big. And, and you, that, I don't think, is even really a COVID thing. No. And do you know what, mate? We did say this when they cancelled it the first time, that... Actually, do you know what? This Will it ever come back? Yeah. Because what, three years now. What's oh. the need for it? You know, because I, I, I said it's not really a COVID thing because here in Europe, restrictions are easing, you know, day by day. Things are getting yeah. theoretically better in terms of restrictions. Who knows what the winter's going to be? But it is more strict in Europe still than the UK. Yes, good for, point. For good sure. point, for sure. But, yeah. but Especially here. I don't think that they're cancelling it because of COVID reasons. They mm. might be blaming COVID. But I think because we've touched on... I just don't think there's so much of a need. There's other events which have taken, well, the primary position in terms of launching cars, dynamically, interest-wise, audience-wise. Geneva had become more and more of a sort of trade show. Mm. And I just, I don't think the demand's there. Do you think there. they've gone to some of the big manufacturers and said, right, we're back next year and the manufacturers have gone, well, actually, we're not coming. Yeah, we're, I don't fancy spending coming. seven million pounds on a not stand at Geneva because that's the kind of money that it costs for some of the really big stands. It was <clears> multiple <throat> millions of pounds. And as well, mate, as well, if they haven't got the cars to sell, which is basically what this is all about, if they haven't got the cars to sell, why do they want to set their stall out? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, so, no, no. Um, as odd. A, so, yeah, as I say, mm. well, odd, but I, I'm not at all surprised. Me too. Saw it coming a mile Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and... I say a shame because the one thing from a real nerdy, uh, you called me a nerd earlier, uh, point of view is it's a great place to catch up with other car people. Whether mm -hmm. you work in this industry or not, you didn't, you bump it, you're in a room full of thousands of car petrol heads, you know, yeah. car nerds, and you do bump into people that you know or, or get the chance to meet new people who are enthusiastic about cars or the same cars. That's really nice, I think. Yeah. Because Goodwood Festival of Speed now is so big. It's more of a general public event. There's lots yeah. of people there who don't really know anything about cars, families, and then, you know, so you walk into the motor show, you can go up to anyone and say, what do you think of the 296 GTP? And they're, <laughs> they're going to have an opinion. Yeah, they will, and that yeah. was always quite fun. Even so. if it's just aesthetically, they're going to have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that, from that part, it's a shame. Let's just see. They do say... We would like to reassure you that the momentum for the evolution of our platform will continue in order to bring it to its full potential in 2023. So they're suggesting that they're going to do it in a very different way and then they need more time to kind of, you know, plan that. Um, and it says industry-wide issues relating to the COVID-19 pandemic. So maybe you hit the nail on the head there mm. that it's actually the manufacturers being able to supply cars or, yeah. you know, have cars ready yeah. for that show. Does that mean that Porsche are going to have to launch the GT4 RS just online at some point? Well, we were speaking about that today, and and obviously what sparked it was us going out again this morning. Because we always, no different to your friends, when you go out and you do something, immediately you get out of the car and you talk about cars. It's, <laughs> That's you know, exactly it's it. exactly yeah. what we're yeah, Overexcited. I get all overexcited. Yeah. And oh, I've was pretty good this morning. <laughs> just needs carbon ceramic. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You could do with some better tyres. And... and uh, I said to Sam that the GT4, I think, will be mega. The RS. Sorry. The RS yeah. will be will be mega, yeah. 
I'm so intrigued by it. Heavily delayed. We expected it much earlier this year, I think, the mm -hmm. 4RS. Uh, and there was a sort of thought, okay, well, maybe they're going to hold off and do something at Geneva because they've launched GT3 there's before, GT3s there before and plenty yep. of other cars at Geneva. Porsche are Geneva fans, theoretically. Um, but yeah, we're sort of all waiting to find out about this 4RS. Plenty of rumors that it's going to have a detuned version of the GT3 engine yep. or whatever is going on. Loads of aero, PDK only, yep. all these different things, but nothing confirmed. No. And the spy shots have kind of died down. So well, we definitely know waiting. it's coming. We just don't know when. It's just you're right. It's just gone really quiet. And I've been eagerly anticipating that car as well. Like I know, I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing it. I think it's going to be too much in terms of money or just the way. Well, it no money. I would because Porsche never really do that, do they? It's always relatively reasonably priced. The Porsche product. I think too much on the road. Like I mean, three RSs is too much on the road. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We'll see. The difference with a Cayman and a and a GT3 is, you know, the weight's a bit different, and just the way they're set up, that the balance of the car, the balance general, yeah. of the car is is different. So it'd be interesting to see if it is as hard as a as a free RS. But I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, I think it's like a perfect size and perfect package. I, I agree. I was when I was flying the GT4 today. I was like, oh, I'd love a GT4 Touring. And then I went, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the GTS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's literally the same engine and better suspension. So yeah, kind of makes sense. But yeah, you're so right. When you go on drives in your cars, it's the first thing you get out and you start talking about either each other's cars or your cars or yeah. things that you could change or things you could do. Yeah. Uh, today I was kicking myself about the all-wheel all-wheel drive system, but then three days ago I was loving it. So it's it's so funny. Uh, isn't yeah, it? putting them in different scenarios as yeah. well. And actually, we saw a 992 GT3 earlier. We've seen a few of them here, but we saw one earlier and. I said that actually, wouldn't it be good if we was all in one of them? Oh my like, God. That'd be so good. If we had a PDK, um, PDK and a manual with a wing and then a touring. Those three. Okay. Because you said, what would be good if we were all in them? It'd be a bit boring if we were all literally in identical cars. Three PDK GT3. So every different variant of the new GT3. Uh, yeah. Well, it'd be good for the consumers. <laughs> That's we the can most, all review them. the most pointless review ever. <laughs> yeah. Literally. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all exactly the same. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, weird news from Lancia. They're coming back? Delta EV confirmed as brand goes all electric. Did we know that Lancia still made cars? What, what that old thing? Yeah, obviously not that old thing. They're bringing back the Delta in line with bringing back the Renault 5. You know, like we've spoken about many times on this podcast, brands bringing back iconic badges or styles. So who so owns Lancia now? It's part of the uh, Alpha. It's that whole Stellantis, Peugeot, FCA, is it? Oh, right. You know, that whole group. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Stellantis aims to relaunch Lancia as a premium brand alongside Alfa Romeo and DS but I think EV only, or at least the Delta, will be reinvented as an electric hatchback under a bold growth plan to expand Lancia. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? This just made me think about it. It wasn't in my list of things to discuss, but uh -huh. we need to. Uh -huh. F1s, sustainable fuels. Ah. The synthetic fuels, the biofuels, the synthetic fuels. Ah. <gasps> that is oh, a, that's a, a topic and a half, isn't it? That, I mean, we can glaze over it, but I think that's an episode, mate. Because <laughs> I was about to say, interesting that, you know, with... The fact that the world is starting to talk more about different energy sources, these brands are still focusing on electric in a big way. Yeah. And I was we didn't, we didn't talk about that, the whole F1 yeah. announcement. It probably is a whole episode, but let's just talk about it now briefly, because everyone announced that for 2030, I think it is, their aim is to use fully 
carbon neutral or at least green fuels that's likely to be synthetic fuels mm-hmm. uh, initially it's going to be increasing the amount of biofuel in the mixture and then yeah fully synthetic we know that Porsche have got a huge amount of investment in synthetic fuels down in South America BMW have got involved BMW got well. involved I think yep. Shell are also looking into it there's lots of independent companies working on synthetic fuels biofuels are already in the pumps in the UK yeah yeah let's not talk about pumps in the UK but no. um, so you know this is an ever evolving thing and what I really liked about Formula One's posts is they said a few interesting facts and stats. They estimate 1.8 billion cars on the road by 2030, and the expected percentage of those that will be electric is only 8%. Yeah. Now, that's still a ton of electric cars, and you've got to think, in and around the cities, it will make a lot of sense. I think by then, you won't be able to drive in most major cities around the world mm-hmm. in anything but an electric car. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. You may too. You know what? I'm, I'm, if congestion charge in London goes electric only, sure. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah, for sure. But as we know, and as we've discussed so many times in parts of South America, parts of the UK, parts of Europe, all, all around, around the world, the world. Yeah. electric doesn't make sense. And it does not make sense for, what would you call it? Commercial freight. So, you know, planes, ships, trucks, you know, there's a lot of that side of it, which... Add batteries, the weight doesn't work. No, it can't happen. It's, can't not, it's not, happen. not a thing. No chance. No, and no, no. Formula One has always been, motorsport in general, but Formula One's been a fantastic test bed for new technologies. Yeah. Flappy paddle gearboxes yeah. came from F1. Yeah. Even just hybrid technologies is coming down from F1. Yeah. So if there's ever a place to try and crack synthetic or sustainable fuels, this yeah. is it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. And, and, also, a bit smug, because it, <laughs> it confirms what Told we've been you. saying. <laughs> so all the EV evangelists and Tesla owners right now are going to be, oh, it's never going to work, yeah, it's won't never going to work. Put a Tesla battery in a plane. Uh, <laughs> so you're right, this probably does need a big episode. What I was going to do is I was going to try, just go big or go home, and lob in uh, a request to Formula One for one of their spokespeople to come on and chat about this. I was Shell would be easier because I love Shell. I work with them all the time. That would probably be easier to get one of their guys to come on or girls. Actually, an amazing woman based in Germany. Anyway, long story short. Uh, but I want to go in on the what is synthetic fuels? Mm-hmm. How could this work? Etc. So there's several different uh, fueling companies that get involved with F1 though, right? You've got, have you got Shell? Oh yeah. For- different teams have different partners. So yeah. Shell have a partner of Ferrari. Yeah. But then you've got uh, Exxon Mobil, I guess, with McLaren and... Patronus. Uh, yeah, but Patronus aren't, are they fuels or are they like oils? Are they not? I don't know bo- if, is it not fuel Patron- and oil? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know because we don't get Patronus in the UK, do we? No. So anyway, long story short, of know. course, there are lots of different yeah. partners, um, but it's F1 that are pushing this development of yeah. uh, a synthetic And, and like, like you said before, I think it needs to come from there because... Yeah, well, the, we've got lots of questions, right? Yeah, and, and not just that, like the technology needs to come from there because like you said, in general... Formula One is normally, or motorsport in general, is normally the test bed that transfers onto road cars. Very good point. Sorry, I thought you meant it, the conversation needs to come from them. But but, but I think the conversation yeah. needs to come from them yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll try and line that up because we were excited, but we haven't done enough re- classic cars. We haven't done a lot of research into no. it. You know, that is our USP. Come to <laughs> listen to Behind the Glass, the car podcast with no knowledge or research, <laughs> but a lot of enthusiasm. Well, we have lots of opinions. <laughs> yeah, lots of opinions, <laughs> lots of enthusiasm. Uh, and coming on to enthusiasm and opinions, because you're going to have a few. Uh, a Swiss firm, Offi- Officine Fioravanti, catchy name, is bringing back the Testarossa. Why? Because resto mods are the future, Tony. 
We saw that Aston a few days ago, that David Brown Aston something. Did we? Yeah, I, you were like, oh, looks a blue Aston looking, looks like a DB6, something like that. And I went, no, 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 because I don't like it. But resto mods are going to save the classic. And it's going to be what we turn towards because as we keep saying, the new cars, eh, eh. whilst if you can get a 250 short wheelbase from GTO Engineering that works every time you turn it on, gives you all the emotion, all the character. And that's, that's not even a resto mod. That's just a, a, what, a reinterpretation. Or How re- much is that car? Okay, so this is a 200 mile Ferrari Testarossa, supposedly. 200 mile an hour. Yeah, 200 mile an hour. The firm says the resto mod project named the Testarossa is equipped with bespoke equipment upgrades, including improvements to the chassis, aero and powertrain. Power comes from a modified version of the original 4.9 litre flat 12, mm-hmm. producing 510 horsepower for a claim top speed of 201. From a V12? From a flat 12. Right. Um, and But it's the original, so they're, you know, they're not bunging in an 812 super fast engine in there. They're just trying to improve what was already there. 130 kilogram shaving of weight, and the price is yet to be announced or upon inquiry. Hence, 2.2 million euros. You know really? I mean? really? No, yeah. I no, don't it'll know. It'll be I a lot know. of money, won't it'll it? It'll be a ton of money. You know, that's the only problem with these resto mods. You know, I love a, an Alphaholics GTA. I love a Singer DLS. You know, but they're millions and millions of pounds. Every time they're millions of well, pounds. Well, they just can't make enough of them, mate. That's the yeah. problem. And, and that's why cars in general are good value. Oh, actually, talking about value. Go on. Oh, no, I don't know if we can talk about it, can we? Where we went yesterday? Where did we go yesterday? <laughs> I went for a drive in a car. Oh no no you we we, uh, we we can we can we're here with it's the podcast audience we always let them in on secret. Okay fine go on yeah so um it's we, a video uh I don't know if it's gone up there's a video coming soon on this on the main channel again on the, teaser on the yeah okay fine go, go. so uh, so I drove uh, Roma yesterday yes, but that's you did. not that's not all. go to the main channel I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. I, I, I'm not interested but what I do want to talk about yes. is. I was speaking to the dealer principal there while you was out filming and he was telling me about prices of new Ferraris in France and I yes. was absolutely gobsmacked with their registration and tax fees from, for the next two years. So I'm sure any French listeners will be fully across this and maybe those of you that are into European, French, uh, European car regulations yeah. are into this, but it was apparently announced a while ago, this heavy taxation on is it a luxury car tax or a high emission car tax? Um, I, I would guess a emission car tax. It, it was a new car tax, and well, I mean, we were talking about Ferrari, so uh, I don't know if it's a luxury tax. It, but it, 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 it's meant break it down as I'm doing a little bit of research. Break it down. So basically, you'd have the value of the car, and then from uh, next year. So in our country, it's about three grand to have new registration on on a new vehicle, um, and that's obviously governed by uh, emissions and and value. And then you pay a tax on a new car in our country. Anything over forty grand, you pay like a three hundred pound premium per year for the first five years of the ownership of the car. Yeah. In France, obviously, they don't have road tax. They have they have another scheme. This scheme is from next year. On a, on a new supercar, can only go on supercar, because that's what I was told. The first year's tax is 40 grand, and from the year after, it's 50. Goes so, on the price of the car. This is a green tax. This is an emissions-related yes. tax. 
So I've just looked at it here. This is all about carbon dioxide emissions, etc. So yes, uh, they can charge up to as much as 50,000 euros. But as you say, you, you found out more um, about these details. And it's, it's, a, it's a big... I'm, I remember seeing the announcement, but not quite realising what it meant. Um, and that is absolutely ludicrous. And then, and then, and then he, like, throws a bombshell in. Because then he says to me, um, the 296 GTB, which is coming out next year or the year after when it's coming, 800 quid. Because of hybrid. Because of the emissions. But this is the, so, and this is why I think the world is going in this direction, or why we're being forced to go in this direction, and, and manufacturers are being forced to go mm. in this direction, because they know customers are not going to pay 40, 50 grand plus a year to drive around in an F8 Tributo. That, yeah. you know, it's just, that's just not going to be a thing. Yeah. So they're all going to have to really focus so extremely on emissions or to go hybrid or to go electric. But that's only in France, mate. Different. Oh, it's going to happen everywhere, mate. Yeah, but We're different countries have, di- have, have different stipulations, obviously. So uh, Germany will have a, have a different... We, we've obviously got different as well. Um, I don't know what they're going to do about places like England and Germany. I know they want people to go hybrid and stuff, but us as a nation are the biggest uh, buyers of supercars in Europe, us and Germany. Yep. So we're, the, we're third and fourth in the world. Behind the US mm, and China. China, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for supercars, I'm sure, talking about. Sure, 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 cars, sure. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, supercars. So there's a lot of money rolling around there. And money talks, I agree. Of course. But the global um, the global focus on reducing emissions. Yeah. Everyone says saving our planet, but saving our race. Yeah. <laughs> saving humanity. Um, it, you know, that, that agenda is so uh, top of the news agenda. I don't know what I'm trying, my words aren't coming out. It's been a long day. Yeah. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that, that that pressure will outweigh profits. Yeah, fair. And then as well, you get places like here, which have a completely different way of tax I mean you have a registration fee here and it's like anything is like 100 quid doesn't matter the size of the car or whatever and as well people are rich and you know if you want a car they're just gonna it's just gonna be the cost yeah. you know road tax in the UK has gone up at times uh, or been uh, yeah, very expensive yeah. become more expensive you led in the in London you know people get furious about having to pay 30 quid to take yeah. their older car people still pay it yeah so it's just one of those things that people will somehow find a way to swallow it or find mad, it acceptable. Mad though, isn't it? Like when you, when you come to different countries and you see how they operate around the world, like yeah. America will be different and they're not allowed to have cars over 25 years and then when they are, they're exempt of the tax, which is why we see the, the Japanese stuff go mad at the minute because now they can be imported into, well, that's into a, America. Well, that's it. So yeah, so, so, so to clarify, yeah, America, certain cars that weren't, able to be sold in America, things like early RS6s and stuff yeah. like that, after 25 years, they are allowed to be imported because anything over 25 years old is allowed to then be imported. So yeah, that's why we suddenly see values go like, yeah. through the roof and stuff. So it is amazing. Like, even when I was doing my traveling, you know, Singapore, the, the luxury car and the import tax is so insane that you could expect to pay like 350 grand for an F-Type. Yeah, It's mad. Yeah. Like, the whole world is mad. Yeah. So uh, yeah, anyway, we discovered this yesterday. So any French listeners, apologies, or I uh, say so any of you that kind of keep on top of tax situations in different countries for cars. Yeah. Um, but for us, it was a big shocking moment for sure. Um, so last little bit of... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Car news is this. What is it? <laughs> the new BMW 2 Series Active Tourer. I think this could win the award for the most disgusting car ever made. Some of it. It's awful. What even is it? It's hideous, mate. Well, you know, they make them anyway now, and actually, people love them. Uh, well, if they love them, they're blind. Stevie Wonder might like it, but it's a disaster, well, mate. Why don't you like it? It's hideous. It looks like a shoe. It's got the new grill, which, okay, fine, they're trying to... It's got the 7 Series grill on a car the same size as my hat. It's bulky. Like, what even is that? It's um. What does that compete with? A van, a f- no, transit. It's a little. It's a little seven-seater car. It's, it's, it's disgusting. A per- it's a perfect family car, mate. The two. You can't two get seven seats in there, mate. No one's sitting in the back of that. Well, you can't get seven seats really in a Discovery Sport, but people put them in them. Mate, there is not seven seats in that. They do a. They do an active tour. Do a seven seat. No. Yes, mate. It's that's tiny. the whole point of it. Mate, there's no, you're not getting seats back there. They do. They have little seats. That's the whole point of them. It's like, it's like a Vauxhall Sephira. It's that side. It's that size. You know what a Vauxhall Sephira is? Nope. Right. It's, it? a little, it's a little MPV. Yeah. Basically. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, there's no way there's seven seats in that car. It, that's, a, that's a little Two, Swiss series. Army knife, mate. That's perfect. Active, it's 30 four, grand or something. It's perfect seven. for a family. Little c- couple of little kids. Is there a two-series seven-seater? The BMW Grand Tour is a seven-seat MPV. Yes. Okay, but I don't know if the new one is. The problem is... Because that one looks way bigger. No, but, but all cars are bigger now. No, no, prob- but, but, no, no, that car that is the seven-seater car is way bigger than the car that we're looking at here that's just been launched, is what I'm saying. Look, that's like a little, more like a hatchbacky thing. This looks like the things that, that Addison Lee's. You know what I mean? No, they're not. They're not. They're, I know they're the same size, mate. 
There's just that's just the modern version. Well, it's, it's still hideous. I've version. never seen one of those on the road in my life. There's loads it's of them. It's disgusting. There can't be loads of them. No one would buy this. Okay, well they do. the The, the thing is, is that you know you was picked up in a Range Rover by your driver <laughs> when you was a kid. You didn't have cars like that. No, but I don't. I'm, it's not a class thing. This is probably bloody expensive. This you know car. how I was taken to school, didn't you? Wedged in the back of a van. Yeah. That I was holding the doors. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Is this still expensive, mate? It's a thirty grand car. It's That's not what a cheap I just said. car. It's a premium luxury car. But who pay? Who but pays? But it's hideous. Who pays thirty grand for a car now? It's on PCP to be be ten percent down and three hundred quid a month. This is not a derogatory situation. This is the fact that I think this is an ugly car. I'm not judging it on the people who's going to buy it or what their wealth status is. It's ugly. But but. Okay, but a Vauxhall Safira is ugly. I it's don't not think supposed it is that ugly. It is. I didn't know it's what it was five minutes ago. It's supposed to be pretty. Vauxhall. It's supposed to do a job. No, but you can also have form with function. But some people don't care. What is the Addison Lee Ford uh, Galaxy? Galaxy. What, a, what a looker. But that's bigger. Oh, it's bigger, is it? A Galaxy's okay, bigger. Yeah, a Zafira is not good looking. Actually, the new Zafira is nice. Look at that one. That's called a touring. That thing there? Yes. No, it's not. That's a used Zoxel Sophia. What? Touring, it's called. Vauxhall okay, well, it's lovely. Touring. That is a pretty car. That yeah. is a pretty car. That's a pretty front end. Well, that's bigger than a 2 Series. Well, the 2 Series, no matter what size it is, is disgusting. I think it's all right. No, you do not. Because You're just saying it to wind me up. No, I'm not. I just think that's... Who cares what it looks like? So if like? I called you up and said I bought one of those, you'd be like, well done, mate. Good car. Well, if you just had two kids and, and you need to transport kids around, no problem. But but don't worry about it. As long as it does a job for you, you're not bought that car to drive around here in, in Monaco. You bought it to do a job. Take the kids to school. They're going to be sick in it. They're going to throw their watsits all so, over the place. Okay, if you had three children, you need a functional, practical seven-seater. Yeah. What would you buy? Volvo XC90. Okay, <laughs> point proven. You know one's buying that, mate. But they are, because a Volvo XC90 is 70 grand. Not everyone's got 70 grand to buy. Oh, I know. Exactly. All right, for so, some kids getting picked up in a Volvo. Well, yes. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> for some, mate. Bloody hell, mate. Not all of us can afford to get picked up in a Volvo. You this are, is what I'm saying. You are, yes, but at that price point, what are the rivals? Come on. At, here we go. There's three loads of rivals. But that's what I mean. Pick any of them over this disgusting-looking car. But that'll be a good car, mate. Because, it's hey, just I a know car. That I like BMWs. It's mate. We like cars. Yeah, which we're about to come on to. It's so, a car. No, it's okay. a tool for someone. If 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 cars are just cars, if they're just tools, why have you got a fancy special thing at home? Because why haven't you just got a because we like Supra? because we like cars. I like cars. I don't like this one. But that's fair. But 80... 80 5% of the population couldn't give a toss about cars. They just want Two a car series. to go from A to B. But as someone who likes cars, I am saying that this is hideous. But you're the minority, not the majority. And BMW have to make a car for the majority. Here we go. They're so, not making a car for you, mate. I'm fine. No, but, but they're making a car for people. And I'm not going to be the only person who thinks... And that's why they'll sell loads of them. It's a hideous one. Rivals. BMW X1. Okay, well, doesn't get much better. Renault Grand Scenic. Yeah. Or the Citroen Picasso. So, Renault Grand Scenic. Yeah, that'll break. That's a looker. That's a looker. Look but, at that. What a beautiful car. You'd ha- you'd ha- Mate, stylish. 
I would I would be happily be seen in that over happily. a BMW. Yeah, mate, over that two series, one hundred percent. Look at the start. It swoops. It swoops. It's angular here. Much nicer wheels. Much nicer headlights. What was the other one? Citroen Picasso. Like, people don't care. Mate, they just want a car. Care. And normally, there's a lot of bad snobs in that eighty-five percent. There's loads of bad snobs, but they just want a car. The Picasso. The that I, I would. The Picasso. Even the Picasso's better looking. Look at that. What is that thing? It's the, new, at, it's the new Look Picasso. at that, mate. That is a stunner. So I'm sorry. Let's get I, a break. You're, you're fighting for the sake of it now. I'm not. I'm just saying that you're, th- there's no awards for design, really, when you're selling a car en masse. Because the people that are buying it do not care. They just want a car for a purpose that does exactly what it says on the tin. And I that's disagree. what that car will do. I disagree. I think most car buying decisions are led by the heart before the head, unless you're in a commercial... If you're commercially buying a vehicle, I think most decisions, there is something in your heart that leads you in that way. The badge, the looks, the whatever it might be, you don't just walk onto a forecourt and say, I want a car with four wheels, please. I'll take any. I don't care what it is. Oh, no, you'll be surprised, mate. Uh, n- you are so, telling me that people turn up at Gravelwood. No, they don't say, turn up at me. No, no. Okay. They don't turn up Fine, at Gravelwood. Fine, so they turn up at Bob's cars. No, they don't we turn up We sell specialist cars under 10 grand. No. Okay, who, where are they going? They turn up at BMW. Right, they turn up at BMW and say, right, I've got seven kids and I want a car. And then the salesman can say, right, you I'll give you two. that. I'll give you <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And the salesman says, right, you can have that X one. And they go, great, cool, thanks. They don't go, oh, no. that doesn't look so nice. So the salesman will, will brief them and he, and he will find what he thinks that will suit their lifestyle. That's a lifestyle car. No, but you just told me that that's a functional car. It's a functional lifestyle car. Lifestyle meaning you can go camping in it, you can take your dogs out in it, you can take, pick your kids up from what school, was the, you can go shopping in it. What was the Fiat that had the, the bubble with the fog light on top of the bonnet? The six-seater thing. Yeah. <sighs> Famously the world's most hideous car. But people bought it. They did, because I would have one because I think it's quirky. Or like a Sangyong. Name me one Sangyong that's good looking. Sangyong's good now. Oh, piss off. But they, they were terrible, <laughs> you're right. They were awful because they used to be old Mercs, but they've actually got their act together now. They make some nice cars. The thing is, a bit like Skoda, isn't it? The thing is, I just Kia. disagree with you. I think even if you're going, you're, at some point, your car buying, because it's a lot of money for anyone, whether you're buying a car for three grand or 300, it's a substantial purchase in anyone's life, a car. Correct. And I think, the majority, there is something that draws them. Now, look, that fear, multiple, 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 multiple. Some people were drawn to that because they like quirky, they like weird. Yeah. My sister bought that, what was the Jeep that she just bought? Renegade. Renegade. You know, my mum doesn't want to talk to her because weird looking thing. Nor do I, actually, but. My sister loves it. <laughs> yes, she Absolutely does, yeah. adores it. Thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. But that's an emotional connection. She yeah. just needs a car to drive to work. Yeah. She doesn't care anything about the car at all. Correct. Emotional connection. So when she has children, your sister's going to buy one of them? No, she's still a bit... No, mate. No, my sister would not buy one of those. Why? Because it's hideous. Mate, I'm telling you, there'll be, there's people that walk into BMW dealers, and you know what? It's women as well, in terms of the questions they ask, I'll tell you the questions they ask, can I put my kids in it? Has it got Isofix? Does it as an Apple CarPlay? Has it got parking sensors all around and a camera, please? That's okay. all they care okay. about. Okay, I'm fighting you on this right now because there is 
amazing statistics about the fact that women lead the car buying decision in households. They do. And women have more emotional connections with all their purchases. Now this is, you know, we're, we're trying not to be very 2021 here and we're not making sexist assumptions, but this is the truth, that women are more emotionally connected with things that they purchase. Men tend to have less investment or care in things that we just go into a shop and say, yeah, I'll just need that. We don't look at reviews, but women do care about these things and how things look and feel, what it says about them. And therefore, I would fight that to the nth degree. Okay, so I can tell you the difference between a man and a woman when buying a car. Women buy on fault and practicality because that's how they think. Men buy cars on impulse. These are generalizations, by the way. No, this is no, true. No, no, these are gen- I see all the time. No, no, but these are generalizations because yeah. there's always exceptions to the case. There is we, always. We have to say that. Yeah, yeah, these yeah, are, right, these yeah, are yeah, mass generalizations. Yeah. But, but I think, okay, fine. And I totally accept your experience and I totally accept you actually doing this day to day and you know what is happening. But at the same time, you are belligerent and you, you will fight me on this point to the death. And I do not know why you are not just accepting that that is an ugly car. But I, I never said that. No, no, you have. From the minute I said that that's an ugly car, you've started a rant about how it doesn't matter what a car looks like. Doesn't. It's about functionality. Because you think it's ugly. Yes. One man's junk is another man's treasure, mate. Agreed, of course, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> you, you think it's an ugly car. Yes, I but do. But the people that buy it, which will be lots of people, obviously won't think it's an ugly car, or they will agree with you and think it's an ugly car, but actually it serves a purpose, which is exactly what it's for. But. But what? I still disagree with that point. So, so, so you're just saying, so I, what I, my point is, and I'm not going to ask you guys, the audience, because you're petrol heads, you're listening to this audience because you're into cars. And if I say to you, do you feel like a car purchase is an emotional purchase? Of course, you're all going to say yes, because yeah, we're yeah. car people. And the people that buy cars for me, that's exactly what their emotional purchase is, very specialist. I don't deal in this market, but I know how this market works because I see it every day. But I'm, so I have three examples in my life. Okay. My mum, my dad, and my sister. Okay. My mum is the petrol head. Yeah. My dad and my sister could not care less about cars. Correct. My mum went from an Audi S5. Mm, lovely. Three generations, two, two generations, and an A4 cab before yeah. that. Yeah. And she needed a practical car because she was going up and down to Cornwall a lot. Mm-hmm. She needed a practical, usable car that was good on fuel, yeah. that could bash around, have the dogs in it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She picked an Evoque because it was an emotional occasion. She liked the look, the feel. My dad's had Range Rovers for a lot of time. She associated with it. She liked the compactness of it. She liked all these different elements. But she likes cars. She likes cars. Yes. But that's almost the worst in class, as we know, because mm. Range, Land Rover, Range Rover reliability can mm. be very bad. There's lots of things that go wrong. Like, that's, no, that's a bad class. But so emotional purchase, fine. She's the car person. But, the, but they also sell a lot. Evokes. Oh yeah, sell a ton. Are perfect. I mean, women women buy loads of them, and they do like people normally buy Evokes. They do actually normally like like the idea of cars. Again, okay, you know, yes. they might not Emotional be petrol heads, but but they like the idea of having a nice car. It's a nice car. Agreed. Yeah, two series active tour is not. So my dad, my dad and my sister mm. couldn't care less about cars. No. My sister, we just talked about Jeep yes. Renegade. Before that, she had a mini yep. emotional connection. Like she's buying the cars because of what they represent. They're quirky. They're, they're, she likes the looks. They have character. They have personality. Mm. 
2 Series Actatora does not have any of those things. It doesn't. Mm. It does not. Mm. My dad, yeah, Range Rovers forever because it was easy. It mm. was comfortable. He's what he knew. It was over and over again. Yeah. Uh, he considered Jeep Cherokee at one point. And he considered VW Touareg at one yeah. point. Never changed because he mm. just liked to stick with what he did. Yeah. As we know, well, we have said that Range Rover's best in class in a lot of ways. But, you know, there are things that are better nowadays. For sure. You could never tear him away because he had that connection. Yeah. So what I'm saying is <laughs> Active Tourer is a piece of poo. <laughs> and you right. just have to let me think that. You can, you can think what you like, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Point <laughs> over. I'm going to put a hornet in your bedroom tonight. <laughs> but- <laughs> if you didn't know. There was a hornet flying around in this area a few days ago, and I literally nearly Yesterday checked was. out of the Airbnb. I literally nearly checked out of the Airbnb. So can you just accept that I don't like the act of Torah, I think it's hideous, and I don't think people will buy it? Well, that's that. I, I completely disagree with that. Like people won't buy it, because manufacturers these days do not make cars that people don't buy. BMW... For sure, because they'd have done so much research into into making that car and making it for a specific person, which is what that car's for. It's for a target. It's for a specific person that I cannot agree. I can agree with that you don't like it. No problem. That's your personal opinion. But who cares whether you don't like no. it? It's not for you. <laughs> no, no, fine. I agree. But it annoys me that... <laughs> Of all the cars that we've ever discussed on this podcast, the one time you decide to really fight me on an opinion about a car, mm. it's a two series active tourer. Because your opinion is wrong. So I'm just challenging you. Because you, you can't like really that back car. it up because you, you don't think like it's it. a pretty car. No, I don't think it's pretty. I'm just saying it's not meant to be pretty. It's oh meant to God. serve a purpose. <laughs> I've just done a bit of research that's absolutely killed me and finished me off. And this will be the end of this po- there you topic. Go. So it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> and we're closing down. Are you ready for this? Channel no longer this exists. This is absolutely disaster. <laughs> How many two series active tours or grand tours have been sold? In 2016 alone, they sold 100,000 of them. Right. No one buys cool. them, apparently. I'll go, I'll go to bed. But to be fair, in 2020, oh! in 2020 they sold 30,000. So it has been declining. Yeah, but 100,000 everyone... in 2016, 85 in 2017, 68 in 2018, 55 in 2019, 30 in 2020. What happened so... in 2020, mate? Okay, so we're going to move on now. Oh, t- to tell the main lovely top. people what happened in 2020. It's been declining, though. There was, there was no, a pandemic. There was no pandemic in 2018, and they dropped from 85,000 to 68,000. Because what happened is that was probably a new model, and the first couple of years they fly, and then they drop off. Okay, well, we will revisit this in one year's time. Can people remind us, please, 2021, to look at the sales figures for the 2 Series Active Tour. <laughs> Okay, let's yeah. come on to what was supposed to be our main topic for today. Oh, that wasn't it? That wasn't it. How much, how much time have we got left on the uh, recording? We might, have to, we might have to pile through this because, yeah, we banged on about a two-series actor tour a bit longer. <laughs> SD card's nearly full. So, we were talking. We went through Casino Square earlier. We saw uh, SF90s, a couple of SF90s. Yeah. There was a 991.2 GT3. There was a mm. 992 GT3. There was a 996 GT2. There was a 430 Challenge car, road legal 430 Challenge car. And we were all getting excited about different things. And this happened the same when we went to the Ferrari dealership a few days ago. Correct. I freaked out about a certain green car that you and Paul thought was a disaster. It was a disaster. Okay. So, what does it mean 
to be a petrol head. What? Because at the start of my YouTubing career, I used to get assaulted online quite a lot for not being a proper petrol, not being a true car. Oh, guy. he's a petrol head, all right, boys. And, <laughs> and we often sometimes get targeted by a very small part of the wider audience for saying, oh, you know, we don't really know what we're talking about. We're not really into cars. You know, what we've said about the Gordon Murray T50 or whatever. Well, we, we don't know what we're talking about, we're but not we are ca- into cars. Yeah, we never know what we're talking about. <laughs> and we don't do any research. That is, you're correct on that. I know my friends, and before I got into YouTube, I liked, I've always liked cars. Yeah. But doing what I do now, spending time around people that I've spent time around, I'm way more into cars now than I was 10 years ago. Well, I, I, I would say now the difference between 10 years ago and now is that you are an expert now, whereas you just liked cars 10 years ago. You, you're, you're now in yes. you know, you now, you, you, This is now your job. So you've become an expert in that field. So your, your, your look around cars has changed because of your experiences over the years. And yeah, I, I've been educated. I've learned more. I've been uh, uh, keen to learn more. And all these different yeah, experiences I've had, etc. So yes, I'm in that world. Mm. But uh, Paul Wallace, who is asleep, so we should whisper, has been in this world longer than me. Mm. And his appreciation for classics, as an example, has never changed. From day one, there's certain cars that he, he goes, they're cool. But, you know, I could be stood by a lineup of 60s Ferraris and be like, oh my God, it's a 330, that's a 4.5. You know, I just go nuts. Yeah. Whilst, I think even you. Uh, I'm the same as Paul. Uh, over your head. Over my head, mate. I mean, you actually dislike the older stuff. He doesn't dislike it. I don't think he just, does, just doesn't really it care. He doesn't really care. So, does that mean that you're not a petrol head? Uh, no. Exactly. Because I have my reasons for not liking older stuff. So... This is a thing which I think the internet sometimes feeds. So what does it really mean to be a car guy? Mm. If you can't heel and toe, are you not really a car guy? <laughs> if you don't drive rear-wheel drive, are you not really a car guy? I think there's a simple answer, isn't there? It's all crap. <laughs> Basically, anyone can be a car guy, right? Absolutely. Anyone can have an opinion. Anyone can be a car guy. Even if your opinions are wrong. If they're right for you, that's good enough. And I think, you know, Porsche is a prime example. Can you name each generation of the 911? 996, 997, 991.2, you know. No. But okay. do you like, I know, I know we can, mate. But do you like a 911? Yeah, of course you do. Uh, I think the thing is, is that sometimes online, especially social media has fed this, is there's, it's all too quick to show that I know more than you. I'm more intelligent. I know more about cars than you, blah, blah, blah. But what has been great in so many walks of my life or my career is, how open people have been saying, okay, you're not into pre-war cars? Well, let me just tell you about this and that. And I've gone, okay. And then by the time I've left that place, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> pre-war wars voices are amazing. <laughs> okay, two weeks later, I've forgotten all that information. Yeah. And I've kind of moved on. But I think this is the whole thing is that it, you can have all different types of car guys, car people, appreciate different things. We can go to a Ferrari dealership as three very different car people and all get a kick out of different things going on. Do you know what I, I've always picked up down the years as well? is you only really ever take in what you're really interested in as well. Mm-hmm. So if someone was to sit me down and talk about 60s cars, I'd say, I'd listen, I'd go in on them and then say, thanks about thanks for that, thanks for all that information, and it would go in one ear and out the other. You'd probably just remember the values. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're right, mate. I, that's what interests you. I, I would remember selectively what I wanted to remember. For sure. Because it doesn't interest me. But if if you're talking to me about something modern and and something that I can relate to, 
then I, I'm all ears. And I'd like to think in that field, I kind of know what I'm talking about because it's what I, it's what I like and it's what I do every day. So some people will disagree with me, no problem. But I, I, I normally, much like you, we normally do have something to back it up with because it's normally an experience that we've had, which is why we do this podcast as well. So, And so where you're at with your life, your passion, your enthusiasm, how keen are you to learn about new or different parts of the car world? Like if somebody said to you, come down to a FIA drifting championship, what are your thoughts? Not interested. <laughs> Not interested. No, no, which... I get, I, I totally understand. I think I would go, but I, it, it's one of those things. And then maybe that's the difference, right? Yeah, I, I definitely get a buzz off anything with an engine for sure, especially when it starts to get to a sort of motorsport level. But I also appreciate and understand your view on the car world, your experience in the car world. And I think, you know, I, what I'm, the reason I wanted to talk about this is the encourage the open armness. Sometimes in the car community, I just see that negativity still being there, that judgmentalness still being there. I put up a post a few days ago saying, which of the three cars that we've driven here would you pick? Asking my Instagram audience. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kicked off in some of the conversations with people just getting a little bit nasty again, mm. a little bit judgmental. And yeah, you're only asking a question. Only a question, Yeah. you know, and, and I think everyone within the car world is, entitled, as you say, to different opinions, different enthusiasm, different... Some people are going to love Porsche, some people are going to hate it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that anyone is more or less of a car guy. Of course or not. Or girl, sorry. No, and then... So and then you, what, as well, what we always try to do, or what I always try to do, I try to have an opinion, and, 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 and it's opinion of something I've experienced, mm -hmm. so to which point I can back it up. Or you've been told. Or, 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 I, or I've been told, but it's always I've been told on good authority. <laughs> or or when I know break, I've been told on good authority. What does that mean, Tony? I don't know. I've been no. told. <laughs> no, but in in general, it's yeah. normally from experience, yeah, and you, and you you will be the same. Of course, you're of course. you're telling something from an experience. Sometimes with 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 the internet and social media, these people are going in for no real reason. They're just like just going in on someone and they it, it doesn't really make sense sometimes I think well what I don't really understand why you said that yeah spoiling for a fight and and as I say it's that kind of internet mentality of I know more than you I'm always more intelligent I, I've got I, I I've done more research I know more about this topic than you do but but no problem uh, if, you, if you know more than me then fair play you know more than me I mean I, I, I couldn't give a toss yeah. to be honest I mean I you know, I've got a good job and that's all I really care about. I've got a nice car, I've got a nice house and I, and I do nice things. That's all I really care about, really, to be honest. Congrats to you. If I, if, I don't, if I don't know nothing, then I haven't got any of them things, have I? So no. I must know something. You've got Balenciaga clothes, something's going right. No, they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I can see the SD card flashing, which probably means we've uh, done our lot of time joking. here. No, no, no. In a, in a, like, this was... We had enough time to record the episode, but I can see it flashing, so we should probably oh. wrap things up. Um, but no, it's it's been a good episode. We didn't talk about anything that we wanted to talk about because we had a fight about a two-series Grand Tour for about half an hour. Uh, but we hope you guys have enjoyed it. Next week, Tony will be back in the studio continuing uh, episodes as per normal. I hope this background has been a little bit more acceptable to those of you that were upset with last week. I couldn't do anything about the shorts, unfortunately. That was, it was hot. Well, yeah, you know. You know what, just very, very quickly, I know the SD cards, but I know I'm really interested in, that, that I always look from afar, rallying. 
Okay. If someone invited me rallying. Oh, there's a video. Oh, mate. Honestly, I think they're unbelievable. We could get into that. We could go and buy a classic car and go classic rallying. Uh, then we're just combining two worlds together. No, really? Yeah. Anyway, so catch up with us soon to hear more about our classic rallying championship. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow Tony's at Tony Grohl Car Sales on most social media platforms, I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And as I say, we'll be back in the studio next week, carrying on as per normal. Sadly, our road trip will be over, which will be devastating. But anyway, life goes on. We'll catch up with you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 